get it. You want them? We got it. Every Thursday night, movie for guys who like movies. Thursday, two movies, two cool cops. First, Chuck Norris fights them all. Wild fighters in silent rain. Then, a cop goes undercover to bring a gang down. God forgives the brotherhood, doesn't it? Cold. You want them? We got them. Movies for guys who like movies. 8.05 Eastern Thursday, only on TBS. We now return to Stephen King's Graveyard Shift on TBS. You do it! We're making movies right now because of us! Ah, uh, da 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 da, like this in the background. What the fuck is it with you? Because they believe in us and what we're what? doing! What I don't you. Every studio at night! Oh, it's good for you! And how was it? Ah, uh, da 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 da, like this in the background. What They're the fuck is it with you? What don't you fucking understand? Are you professional or not? I don't ever want to see it again! Do I want? No! Ever! No! If you don't do it, you're fired! If I see you do it again, you're I want you off the fired. fucking set, you prick! Anyone on this crew does it! Give me a fucking answer! That's it! No! If you kill! No! You kill. And you! If you ever You got any again. fucking idea about, hey, it's fucking distracting! That's it! No! No! No, don't just be sorry! Think for one fucking second. Oh, uh, you don't fucking understand what it's like working with that. That's what food on the table. Are you professional or not? Oh, good for you. Don't just be sorry. Think for one fucking second. Now I want it. And if you don't do it, you're out. What don't you get about it? You're not shutting this f***ing movie down! It's the second time that he doesn't give a fuck about what is going on in front of the camera. Is it understood? Uh, you don't fucking understand what it's like working with actors. If That's I what see it again, is. you're f***ing gone. And so are you. Fuck's so sake, man, you're amateur. When I see it on the set, you're gone. And you're gone. Well, somebody should be fucking watching and keeping an eye That's on it. Am I clear? What don't you, you understand what I want? Do you understand? What the don't you fucking understand? You because I will deal with your reason. Stop the fucking set. You, you can't be reasonable. Fuck's sake. I can't deal with your logic. You're fired. You do it one more fucking time, and I ain't walking on this set if you're still hired. I'm fucking serious. I trust you guys to be here. You're a nice guy. You're a nice guy. But I don't fucking cut What's it that? when you're bullshitting and fucking around like this on set. Get Tom and put this back on. Let's go again. All right, there it is. Oh, yeah, I got it right on the keyboard, too. What did you do? Yep. Oh, I opened up. I, I, I decided to open up a beer as many times as I said, man, that's dumb. I don't like the opening the beer thing. You know what? On this occasion, with this particular... Uh, well, whatever this is that we're doing tonight, I'm gonna go ahead and ha I'm gonna I'm gonna go against my own policy. <laughs> so uh, there we go. Um, welcome, welcome back, everyone. This is a uh, a special holiday edition of the New Blood Rising podcast. It is third annual. I, I, oh, who was that? Was was that Charlie Stabile? 
I haven't. I'm back. I have not seen that man in a minute. <laughs> How are you? How are you, sir? Oh, I'm great. I'm doing great. I'm actually doing really well, and I'm not just saying that because it's the holidays. You have your Christmas, and I'll have mine. How about that? <laughs> well, we'll get to that, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But it's the New Blood Rising sure. podcast. I'm William Rinkin. Let's bring in Jason Keesler. How are you, sir? I'm all right. I'm somebody who knows how to wait to be introduced before I start going. Uh, that's that's my Christmas, Uncle. So it's here we it's go. Like, it's like Charlie had the, the the music hit, and we're all three coming out, and he's like, "Nope, running into the ring, starting the match." There's no bell ringing. There may not even be opponents in the ring, but the match has started because he's running. That's right. Charlie Stabile <laughs> was so talented he could wrestle a broom and get a five star match. <laughs> It was just real stupid when all the brooms stood outside the ring and Charlie deserved to dive on them. Well, um, today, guys, we're going to be uh, – it's its kind of become a tradition, for better or worse, uh, that around the holidays we, we pick a holiday-themed th- movie that happens to have a wrestler in it. And in this case, it's got uh, three, technically, uh, two – Kind of in the uh, starring in it, I guess. It's uh, the 2015 hit uh, Santa's Little Helper from uh, WWE uh, Studios. So here we are, uh, starring uh, The Miz and Paige and Maurice. She pops up in there, but regardless, uh, The Miz and Paige. So here we go. We're going to be diving into that. We got we got some fun business though uh, to get in there to get uh, get through before we get to the movie itself. To do that. I'm going to turn it over to Jason. Jason, tell us all about some main event candles. I am very excited to do this. I'm getting to read a real copy. Unlike that very ill-fated WCW Nitro Grill fake sponsorship from many years ago, um, I've been watching and uh, some the, the great Steve Austin read the Cougar Life read, so I know how to get the cadence of this going on and make sure everyone's Super uncomfortable. No, I, I'm just kidding. This is actually good. Um, I'm really excited to announce that we are doing a partnership with Main Event Candles to help your 2021 smell a hell of a lot better than 2020 did. Main Event Candles is a passion project designed to bring high-quality soy wax candles into the wrestling world. They are a unique blend of pre-green fragrance oils to create each candle. Uh, Main Event Candles may be novelty candles, but they do pride themselves on putting quality first. And They currently offer 13 unique fragrances encompassing a wide range of of wrestling tropes and personalities. Scents include Hell Yeah, which is beer, smoke, and leather, Green Mist, which is bamboo and Japanese cherry blossom, and my favorite, the one I ordered today, is the Bad Guy. It's uh, Razor Ramon themed. It is Cuban tobacco and oak. All candles are 100% soy wax and have up to 30 hours or six WrestleManias of burn time. Each candle is only 9.99 pounds or 13.40 US. Conversion rates may change, so make sure to check. Shipping varies by location, and of course, give them some time because the holidays and, of course, the crazy shipping that everything is doing. To order your candle, visit www.newmonday.com. That's N-U-Monday.com slash shop slash main event candles with hyphens between each word. And if that's too much to remember, you can just go to newmonday.com and enter main event candles in the search bar. We're also doing something special since this partnership is we're giving our listeners a 20% discount off their purchases. I'm so excited about this. We've been rehearsing this for, for months with our JR After Dark with the fake hashtags and stuff for promo codes. But we've got it. Our first official promo code, guys, is best of luck. 
So enter that at the checkout to get 20% off. We're also wanting to do a contest for you. We're going to help you get 2020 stank out and giving you a chance to win two main event candles. So to enter, all you have to do is tweet at new blood pod and at main event candle, no S and come up with a new fragrance. So between now and the Saturday before the Royal Rumble, and I tried to find a date, and there's like three different dates, so I'll update when it comes. But before that Saturday, use the hashtag bestofluckscent to create a name and tell us what it would smell like. Include the ingredients. And you can be jokey all you want, but you can be legit because it may become a real candle one day. The winner will be chosen at random, and I will announce it on the Twitter during the Royal Rumble event. You'll win two candles. One candle of your choice. And one Thunder Candle, which is Dark Mint and Blackberry, which is featuring label art by our friend and brother, Martin Dixon. So, what we figured to do is give you guys some examples of what to do. Mine is the All-American American. Smells like apple pie and cheddar cheese. So, what you got, guys? Before I give mine, that was an awesome read. That was really good. That was great. You did a great job. Yeah. I'm being <clears throat> serious. I bought it. That was great. Well, thank you. I mean, I feel great. I am a marketing student. I wrote this. They gave me some of the key points. I'm, I'm glad. It's like this is something I get to put on my resume. So thank you, guys. Now, that was good. folks, yeah. order right. some stuff to make me feel like a success. All right, uh, Charlie, you go first, man. What, what's your um, what's your scent? It's not going to be good because, I, I mean, but, to, but I mean, here's pr- part of the problem with what I did. I did it based around Christmas. To go with the theme of uh, of our episode today, but uh, I mean, you know, it's not exactly highbrow stuff. I mean, I think we've got, uh, I think I got baby. It's stone cold outside, and it just smells like Coors Light and restraining orders. Like this is the kind yeah. of, this is this is the kind of material that I worked with. You know, I didn't know this was for real. Because <laughs> because uh, I mean, I get it, but you know. Texting someone, can you send? I didn't get the outline 12 hours after they send it to you. Woo, put you in a bit of a time crunch there. Mary, yeah. you do Christmas your way, I'll do Christmas mine. I'll beat you to it. <laughs> so that's my first one. Uh, Will, what do you got? Man, I, I'm i not, because I, be, after Jason read that, I was like, I'm not, I will not read one of my snarky ones. I, don't, I am not going to pollute his work with some of the stuff I was texting earlier. Save it for the Twitter. <laughs> Um, no, seriously, here's mine. Mine is called World's Strongest Scent. It is a combination of salmon and tears. <laughs> Someone's going to get their nose beat. Someone's going to get like, the sinus split. <laughs> I, I feel like that one's safe. That one's not like... Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a fairly PG one, all right? So I thought that one would be... You know, kind of fun. Yeah, we'll save the other ones for the JR or the the surprise JR After Dark special <laughs> podcast. I got another one for for shits and giggles. I got a Brie mode, which tastes like smoked Brie cheese, Everclear, and lemon. So mm. if you've ever been to a a restaurant with some super trashy person that thinks getting the fried cheese done at the table is a highfalutin thing, they they cover the big block of Brie with Everclear, light it on fire, and then put it out with lemon juice. Um, but you know. Better than silicone and John Cena sweat. So, but um, to get back to it, just to, to close it out again to reinforce, that's twenty percent off at New Monday. That's numonday.com. Again, search for main event candles. Not one word in the search bar there. 
Um, you can also find non-wrestling themed candles for main event candles if you go to etsy.com slash shop slash botanic and salt. That's B-O-T-A-N-I-C-A-N-D-S-A-L-T. They have regular candles there, non-wrestling themed. So if you do have someone you want to get a present for and you think they may just look not want it as a joke, but but screw it. You If you're a wrestling fan and you're thinking of somebody get it for them and also of course you can always find martin he has multiple books including wrestling in the clinton years at amazon.com just search for martin s dixon so thank you guys well done all right so let's um let's 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 be professionals and get into this uh you know uh i know last time we you know when we did the uh santa with muscles I don't know if this is better or worse. I don't know. They're both pretty atrocious. You're skipping huh, one. Okay. You're skipping probably the best one we've done, uh, which was Santa Slay. From the second annual episode, yes. Oh, yeah, well, I... Yeah, I think I might have been... I don't know. That's tough, man. It feels... Uh, we can yeah, do a bracket I, of best to worst at some point. <laughs> I, mean, I I definitely have my thoughts on the whole thing. Uh <laughs> So here we are. This is Santa's little helper. This is from 2015. So it's funny to look at 2015. Like we're on the precipice of like getting into real streaming and uh, what that's all going to entail. This, uh, I looked up as much as I could to understand, like, because I was, I'm always fascinated by how much does a movie cost? How much does it make in all its markets? The only number I could find was it made six, like just over 600,000 in Blu-ray sales. Uh, so there you go. Ugh, that's <laughs> Somehow bad. That's yeah. That's not very well, good. Um, I'm glad my five dollars so... could help it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Because I guess I, I if I'm if I'm not mistaken, this was shown on USA like when like during the Christmas season in 2015, which that's about as good a spot as it's going to get, and it won't get that good again. Uh, Ooh. for them, I. So what I. This was a this was confounding. Uh, this movie has a twenty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but it has an eighty six percent liked rate on Google. How about it? What was the audience score on Rotten? Oh, I, I, I you know what? Didn't write that one down. We can go to the videotape though and check that it's out okay. real quick. Of course, it's it's usually ridiculously high. Uh, <laughs> I know. It, yeah, <laughs> it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. But um. So yeah, this and we said this is starring the Miz. This is his second Christmas vehicle uh, to really put into the movie terms for uh, Mike the Miz. But first, Jason brought up a good question, and uh, this really goes outside of Santa's little helper, and um, I guess should be should be used for all Christmas movies. Jason, youth should Christmas movies be rated on a curve? It's it's a tough question to answer because there are absolute trash Christmas movies. This, I mean, they're just clearly done for the Walmart deep, straight to DVD Christmas crowd. And I'm not saying that in a disparaging remark. It's just the people that are, eh, let's just get a Christmas movie to put on while the kids open gifts or, or whatever. And, and people tend to buy stuff or, or stream stuff, especially you know, it's, it's a little different because, like you mentioned, this particular movie, with it's 2015, so it's right at the, the edge of suddenly there being so many options for streaming. 
Um, and God knows since then they're, they're just a ton of terrible Christmas movies. Um, it's hard because like there are really good Christmas movies. Die Hard, and I'm not saying that startup, that's its own thing. Um, I think, to me, the Muppets Christmas Carol is a good movie. Um, outside of Christmas, uh, what's the other one? Uh, yeah, that's that's not animated. Um, Home Alone. Home Alone is a fantastic movie any time of year. It's just a little bit better at Christmas, uh, kind of thing. So it's tough because it again, it's just it's it's like there are movies that that because they exist in like this thirty day period. Um, the Ref, there we go. I knew there was another one. That's a good Christmas movie mm. that really isn't relying on Christmas um, mm-hmm. as a whole. But it's like these movies, you know, they, they they encapsulate one particular period of time. And a lot of the times the stories are are 100%, you know, kind of trapped by the concept of Christmas. Um, and so that's, that's what's tough. Because I can't think of any movie that I've sat down and go, well... I'll only watch that one time a year because I I hate a Christmas story. And it's only because of the marathons. And my uncle, when I lived with them and would do Christmases with them, it was on almost all 24 of the fucking hours. Um, So it's just, to me, but like that that movie, you can only watch that movie one time a year. What what about you guys? What do you think? Charlie, I defer to you, sir. Well... I, th- I think it's interesting that uh, if you look at like <clears throat> what a lot of our generation feels like are, the, are classic Christmas movies, there were a, a ton of great Christmas movies that came out in, in a very short period of time. I'm saying from, I'd say, 1980 to 1995, probably. There are tons of movies that people talk about in high regard and that around Christmas, and they're usually movies that came out in that time period, and a lot of those movies were John Hughes movies, too. So it's like, oh, there was just nonstop good Christmas movies. And then all of a sudden, I'd say around the mid to late 90s, it just kind of stopped. And I'm not talking Christmas movies. I'm talking good Christmas movies. Because uh, I'm one of those people. I will watch Christmas movies. I look forward to Christmas just to watch Christmas movies. That's what I do. And, I mean, Jason, you have my voodoo now. You might have seen my list. I have like over 70 movies in that folder. Um, yeah, it's almost unsettling. <laughs> right? It's because, like, I really, I've always enjoyed Christmas. I enjoy Christmas movies. Uh, and I think, like you said, though, like, they kind of started churning this crap out with, like, the Hallmark Channel and the, and other, like, basic cable movies. And for the most part, I mean, they're they're bad. Like, there really hasn't been a good Christmas movie in a while. Uh from my recollection, I'd, I'd really have to think about it to think to the last time I saw one that went, yeah, I could watch that every year. Sure. Um, whether or not you grade a Christmas movie on a curve, uh, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. However, I do feel like I graded this movie specifically on a curve because there are elements in this movie of other good Christmas movies that are in this. Like, this movie is a hodgepodge of different uh, Christmas movies. It steals blatantly um, with the whole the whole concept of it. I mean, basically, Santa's Little Helper is... he's it, it's, it's, it's the number two role, but it's basically the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. It's, it's like that same thing. Like, not, where he just goes through the denial, and he's down on his luck, and he learns how to become a better man through Christmas. Well, you've seen this movie before, 
And it's it's really hard to at least screw up the ebb and flow of a movie like this. Uh, but yeah, I do think I do. I, I might grade Christmas movies on a curve. I never really thought about it until the outline came out. But I can definitely say I did it here. Okay. I'm, I'm I gonna, don't. I'm just. Christmas isn't that big of a deal to me. Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday, and so I'm a little bit bitter towards Christmas because people tend to treat Thanksgiving as, you know, gear pre gaming for Christmas. It's the Royal Rumble to yeah. Wrestle to, to Christmas's WrestleMania. There you go. So to me, it's it's I I think I I do rate them on a curve because I mentioned of the time frame, but 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 that's it. Sorry to jump in on you, Will. No, no, it's okay because I think you start some good feuds at Thanksgiving and you let them kind of build up and then you have the culmination at christmas the hell in a cell matches at christmas yeah there you go (laughs) (laughs) especially this year it's uh who's gonna call this christmas i am gonna end an era (laughs) just put little jingle bells behind it jingle 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 um i'm an i will confess this I, I have a soft spot for Hallmark Christmas movies, and I don't even know why. I don't even, like, really like them, but I like to watch them for whatever reason because I like to just live in this world for, like, 20 minutes before I can't take anymore. <laughs> uh, I like to live in this world of, like, nothing's a big deal. There's no real problems. Like, the toughest decision is whether or not the Christmas party is going to, you know, do this or that or how I'm going to get back to my cozy hometown and that I'm going to resist for the local gas station attendant who I went to high school with. Yeah. Yeah, There you go. I mean like, (laughs) and there's, and there's part of me that like wants to like write one just to challenge myself because I was, I even went down a rabbit hole trying to like look up like what's the whole like thing about writing them and like how strict it is. Like everything has to fit into a specific pattern specifically no black people but that's okay (laughs) it's funny how like uh, the only like i think i think now they've started to adjust like you could tell like they've made some adjust some compromises here and there but you can tell that like pretty much every character is written to be as bland and white bread as possible may all your christmases be white whoa that's but i'll tell you man i don't know why but like i kind of just enjoy watching this mess of a movie and the 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 thing that's the thing that was funny was like i i was i almost thought that's what we were going to be walking into with this i was like was this a wwe attempt to do that but no no not this so it's it no it's like charlie said it's a series of just a series of ripoffs from other movies that are just hodgepodges and it's just it's a movie that's a series of skits is what it becomes oh god so let me ask you will you're you're a very very busy person um you just got back from like spending time in san diego last week you got three kids you you do a lot of work you're you're the guy who puts all our stuff together you're real busy so you're that real big city woman who's just too busy and you're just looking for that Christmas time hunk to bring you the Christmas spirit. Is that why you like these Hallmark movies so much? Is you're literally looking for someone to just bring you everything at once? I just, I'm going to have to text Amanda and be like, Hey, here's a little something you can do for Will. You see, give him the Christmas spirit. And I don't mean that as a euphemism. The fuck you talking about? That's the, that's every, 
That is every. This wasn't hallmark. in the outline. Of course it wasn't. I'm going. Hold on a second. I'm going to the outline. I don't see this in there. What What are you doing? This was not in the Google Doc, sir. No, it's not. It's me asking because you said you've been addicted to those home or not. You're into those homework no, movies, I, and that's the formula for almost all of them. Is weird, like, busy person. It, 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 yeah, I. You know, no. I think no. I mean, it, it, to all all jokes aside with it, I I think there is just this. The thing that is so attractive about it is just how harmless everything is the lack of real problems and like the antagonists really aren't that bad they're just kind of borderline shitty people but not like the worst like they're just kind of like eh, you know this is just that annoying co-worker at work. i get it oh that's that <sighs> guy angling for a promotion that uh you know is willing to do anything it takes eh, nothing too bad and then i my favorite part is just like that that first day they're back in town and everybody's like, wow, you're back in town. <laughs> Those are my favorite scenes. <laughs> and that nobody drinks coffee. They drink hot chocolate, I've noticed. Like, what is that? Well, I'd be like, man, pump pump me up. Where is that pot? Get me another one. Like, I want more coffee. I don't, I'm not doing this, this, this hot chocolate bullshit. You know, if we got to organize this Christmas parade, let's get some caffeine in here, all right? But anyway, um... Uh I thought you were asking, what is hot chocolate? I was like, well, you ground up some cocoa powder. No, of course. Yeah, it is. You're right. There is no, man, I got to have coffee. It's everyone just looks disheveled and here comes someone <laughs> with a hot cup of hot chocolate. I got you some I, hot cocoa. Wouldn't it be great if somebody was just like, man, fuck it. I need a cigarette, man. Can somebody get yeah. me a cigarette in this town? Like we, we don't, we, we haven't. Had yeah, they don't sell cigarettes in those towns. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. They no. don't. Like, like I, I get the appeal. I've seen a few of them. I think I saw one with Danica McKellar. Uh, there's, it, they're like movies that are fine to like watch with, with like my mom, you know, and stuff like that. It's like, oh, this isn't gonna like, like I'm the kind of person who like, I don't know if I even want to show her love actually because it has F words. You know, it's 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 like these are Christmas movies that don't really challenge anything or have any like big burdening mm. questions. I get the appeal. Uh, it's uh, but I I just know it's not for me. I think the other thing too is I like to just watch like like Charlie if you're over or anybody's over and it's like let's just pop it on and just have a laugh because the acting is truly something oh, yeah. to witness. Especially There's an ironic form of watching it. Sure, sure. that that I, I, that is definitely part of the appeal for me too is just to watch like because another thing is like i i admire the fact that these movies are literally made for like in 30 days they'll make 30 movies it seems like mm -hmm. like they're that they're, they're moving that quick so i love watching the setups like look at how many setups are in this scene and, and then just like it and how many blatant cutaways are done just because somebody has clearly flubbed a line but they don't want to do another take so they just kind of keep rolling <laughs> and they'll just adr it or we got something a like that and their turnaround yeah. time is crazy fast. It's crazy. Yeah, because it was all over the news like a month or two ago that there was a uh, one of these movies was being filmed in one of the beach towns or something in South Carolina, and this was just like I think in September, and they were talking about how it was going to premiere during the twenty five days of Christmas or something like that. I'm like, yeah. holy crap, that's hardcore, man. I mean, it really is because when you think about all the elements that go into a movie after shooting, like getting into post, like like that's why when you even in this movie, like, this has got one of the worst soundtracks I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. And it's bizarre. It is a bizarre mix of genre. Like, it, I, I feel like at one point there was a Limp Biscuit ripoff in this that I was hearing. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And, um, and the sound effects, like, are, is, 
a basic and generic like these are probably like if you google sound effects for free probably the the first result is what's used in this movie that's what it feels like with a lot of those things that's why they crank them out so quickly is they just they just use the most basic things to do it because they also don't have any money i'm sure this movie costs like nothing well i hope like, to god I, it costs less than six hundred thousand oh dollars <laughs> have you ever looked at wondered... Miz and said it's part of your uh what is it it's what do they call that? The the contract part where they their minimum or whatever they make is part of that. Right. Yeah. Have you ever wondered, like in this sea of Hallmark Christmas movies, if there was just like one director who kind of went a little rogue and actually made a good movie, and it's just kind of lost in there somewhere? Yes. Yes, I have wondered. I have wondered something like this. I've always yeah, wondered. I like, have too. About yeah, like I, I'm I'm sure there's like. I'm sure there are a couple people that have made like 50 of these movies because they just are the perfect, like what's funny is they're the equivalent of the Miz to Hallmark directors. They'll just, what do you need me to do? That's what I'll do. But yeah, man, I keep wondering, is there like the Sam Peckinpah of Hallmark directors? <laughs> I just was like slapping people around to get performances out of them. <laughs> this is our 50th. Who was it that did the hundred and made what's his face to 150 takes? Oh, it was um, Warren, Warren Beatty, Beatty made, like, Jack Nicholson do, like, a billion takes to the point Nicholson was just like, just tell me what you want, Warren, I'll yeah. do it. <laughs> that, that's what we need. Need Warren Beatty to do it, give us a, a Hallmark Christmas movie. I'll tell you, that, that yeah, that's, I'm, I'm shocked SNL has not done this. And if they have, I'm sorry, because I don't keep up with it as, best, as much as I used to, but... That would be an awesome SNL like digital short. Is like, it's it's simple. It's easy. You just take, like, what's the Tarantino version? You know that was always the thing. But remember when they did the Tarantino version of the um, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, the Baskin one? Yeah, yeah remember yeah. that from Mad I TV back that. in the day? That was so <laughs> good. Just do that. Do that on SNL with like with these. Um, like what's the Christopher Nolan Hallmark movie? There we go. Oh let's my get God. This, the, let's but let the Trailblazer work. Might as well like, have been uh, Tenet for as much money as it made. Uh, on the last SNL, they I, I can't believe it took them this long. They finally made it. They, they made fun of those Christmas commercials where some jackass husband just says, "Oh fuck it," and gets his wife a brand new like minivan. Like, <laughs> and this is a big decision. Why didn't you consult me? Yeah, you've been. Uh, my favorite line, he, she goes, your father hasn't worked since March. He goes, yeah, coat the, the pandemic, everybody. She goes, March of 2019. 2019. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, it's actually really good. It was a good sketch. <laughs> so um, the car commercial, Charlie, that I love that you're talking about is the one where the guy buys two trucks. Like it's like a BOGO on trucks. Mm-hmm. A BOGO he, on like, trucks. Yeah. They're two they're like two fucking Ford trucks. Like F one fifties or whatever. Out. Deck yeah. out. And and I love it because like he does not anticipate that his wife will want the color of the car that he wants and he gets stuck with like the shitty burgundy one or something. Oh, this is so <laughs> irresponsible. Uh, to, <laughs> to put ads like that out there. It's just it's insane. Do you real quick, like with these commercials, this is a non-Christmas one. I know you've seen this, Charlie, because we've talked about this one in the apartment once. Do you remember this one where, like, the dishwasher's fucked up, and the and the lady's like, "Did you, uh, hey, hon, did you call the uh, the people about the um, the dishwasher?" He's like, "Oh no, I didn't. I'll um, call him tomorrow." And she's like, "You'll call now." He's like, "I'll, I'll call, call now. now. <laughs> Fuck that commercial. I 
Oh man. Like And they're serious. It's not a joke. It's they not a joke. Serious. Yeah, every single one of those commercials ended with you'll call now and then the guy going, I'll call now. Yeah. yeah. Uh. And he just takes it right up the ass. I mean he just right up he the just ass. gets it <laughs> I mean, he is he is fucked right yeah. there. Call the Mueller and, company, come on. I mean like doesn't doesn't at least like slam a book down or something or like, you know, throw the paper across the room. He's like, all right. Yeah. Anyway, it's, maybe it's, he's... it's the same thing as those insure commercials. Remember those to your health, honey? No, to our health. <laughs> the insure. Yeah. It's yeah. Awful commercials. Well, to, to try and get it back on track, I, Charlie, this would, you brought up a good point in the doc. Why did WWE choose Miz as their go-to for movies? And why Christmas movies for him? Because he, he kind of comes hot out of the blocks with a couple of these. Yeah, so he starts with uh, The Marine. Remember that? So Marine 2, I think that was the one with Randy Orton? No, it Marine was, uh, 2 Marine is with was Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase. Oh, that, Marine 2 was Ted DiBiase? Jesus. All right. Yes, Marine so, 3 so, is so, what, so does this mean Randy Orton was like the fifth choice? Because he eventually gets in this franchise. No, he, uh, no Randy never got in the Marines because they cast him. Rounds. Yeah, they cast Randy Orton, and then there was a problem because of his whole AWOL thing. Like, there was, like, a legit pushback from the military. I thought he did one of these movies. He Mm. did 12 rounds. He did 12 rounds, too. And he also did the movie with Ed Harris where he was going to the papers. He's going to the papers. Yes. He's going to the papers. I'm going to go to the papers. (laughs) You want to do another take, Randy? No. No. That's what I am, yeah. I was hoping we'd get to that one. Like that was when WWE really was like, "Fuck it, let's really go for it. let's let's really let's go for it on fourth down here and just throw it and see what happens." So it was incomplete. He's done like <laughs> to say the least. He's done like four of these Marine movies, and then he gets into Christmas Bounty uh, in 2013. Uh, now, 2013. Now that's another thing. I was trying to figure out wasn't he a heel during one of these runs? Uh, where he cranks out a, a family-friendly Christmas movie. Was the I'm Miz trying Down to stuff remember going on? because there was the spot where he randomly turned face. I think it was around 2012, 2013, because he turned face. I think after Punk turned heel during uh, after the, cha- the during the his, Punk's World Championship run, because he was going to get put on a Survivor Series team with them or something, and he slowly turned face. Over that, so I think this was filmed while he was healed, but I think it came out while he was faced. So it was like a reverse Santa with muscles for Hogan. Okay. Um, now remember, and because this gets into the thing, I I was, it's fine. We can blend this with the second, the next point here. That's totally fine. Twenty fifteen, remember, is like, is, it's crazy the Miz's arc or multiple arcs, but twenty fifteen is one of his best because that's the Mizdow stuff. Mm-hmm. That is like like at least the first half because I think Mizdow culminates at WrestleMania 31, but 2014 to 2015 the Mizdow stuff is phenomenal. Like and it and it helps everybody. It helps the Miz. Obviously, it helps Damian Sandow. It helps all that. And uh, Miz was a great heel during that time, and he's always been. But you know what I mean. He has definitely definitely peaks as a heel this was his second real well, well maybe it's his third really good one but well, well that's the other thing too is i never thought he was a good face um no. because i mean he has a very i mean he just has a punchable face i i don't know what it is about miz that makes wwe go that guy's got that christmas spirit thing going on he just uh, he's completely joyless in the and even when he's trying and making those stupid miz faces you know the ones i'm talking about like he does that in this movie and i'm just like oh god yeah. Yeah, the just, the super overbite no chin face he does. 
Yeah, and he kind of like protrudes yeah. his his face into the camera a little bit, so like sometimes, and it's like, do you want a mug? Go, just just go ahead and mug. Uh, it, it's I just think it's an odd choice. There there had to have been somebody else on the roster at the time who could have pulled this off, like because the Miz is probably like the most famous WWE wrestler of the modern era that the average person has never heard of. Yeah, that's you, a, I, you know, yeah, like they treat him. Like he's a superstar. Like they remember when Miz would go on the talk shows and stuff. And he's a great company yeah. man. He's great at it. But that's uh, yeah. He never really became the guy, even though it seemed like WWE was treating him like he was the guy. You it's know, because he has before he has before WWE fame that's not related to wrestling. I think that's that's fifty percent of it. You think that's a legit MT- fan base that's still around? Well, because the I mean. It, He's got where I didn't put it on the the outline. But I didn't put his TV um, credits, but I mean he's anytime MTV does a Road Rules Challenge or reunion or something, he's on there in some capacity, whether he's the host or whatever, too. So I mean they still that still gets there. I mean I I you know I, I think I let's let's not overthink it. We've said one thing we have all said. For as long as this podcast has been going, and for years before it, when I've known each of you individually and we've talked about it, WWE has boxes they put people in. They just put people in boxes. They make assumptions. They think a certain guy is a certain way and he's going to be in that box, or or female as well. They do the same thing with the divas. They go in this box, and then like by luck or happenstance, they find a way out of it. Like CM Punk was put in a box. Daniel Bryan was put in a box. Those guys found a way out, though. They did... They just found a way just through their natural talent to do so. They bucked the system a little bit, too, just by uh, just their sheer personality. Miz has never done that. He's been a fantastic heel, but he's always just played right into that same box that they've they've kept him in. You know what I mean? Like, John Cena got out of it because he started doing the – once he started – before he started doing the rapping thing, that guy was on the way out, right? Isn't that what they taught us in the Ruthless Aggression doc? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and then – he he breaks himself out of it, and then further, just by, you know, the the layers he puts on top of it, where he just kind of becomes like American hero. I'm I'm actually a marine, but still, like a lot of these guys just get stuck in these boxes, and they just never break out. That's why we've heard guys like Austin and all these guys like talk about guys need to take a chance, right? They need to take a chance and you know do something off the cuff and. A lot of guys don't just because they're worried about getting fired, which seems like that's going to happen. Like that really, that seems legit. Just seems like anybody. Every time I open up Google, it's like Vince McMahon's angry about this guy. Or oh man, there's that guy with no shoes again. Damn it! Someone (laughs) sneezed. Oh god. Well, remember the? uh, It was something. I think you and I talked about it just years ago. That promo where Stephanie's laying into different ones, and she looked at Miz and she said that you're the. She says, when we need to send someone to a store opening, right? Yeah. you're the guy, like, that. just, like, yeah. laid into him. So, I mean, like, that's probably, like, legit, I guess, how they say it. Like, but what's crazy is, like, you guys remember, like, I f- there was a moment only, like, what was it, three or four years ago? Maybe three years ago? Where it was like, oh, my God, he's going to do it. The Daniel Bryan promo yeah. on that, um, mm-hmm. that SmackDown I, show. So- so I was about to bring that up. That's the closest I think he ever came to doing something in wrestling that actually permeated non-wrestling news sources. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was like, that was really interesting what he did with Daniel Bryan on, uh, what was that, Talk Back or, you know, Smack Talk. Talk Smack. Or, talk yeah, smack that's yeah, whatever. <laughs> smack yeah, Talk. Bite this. Yeah. Uh, it's, 
it's the same. It's the same thing. But yeah, it's like that's and I thought, oh, here we go. Like because Miz has always been a guy. Like I think that has always been on the cusp of of becoming like a John Cena, or um, you know, The Rock, or like not that level. But hey, this is a guy that a lot of people just know. You know, and uh, he just never really seemed to get there. And to cast no, him yeah. as a good guy in a movie, I, I, I don't want to root for The Miz. I just don't. And and maybe that's WWE. Maybe that's his natural personality. He, he I mean, he just comes off as smug, uh, like in any any form of what he does. But he's got a lot of passion, and I'm glad they never got rid of him because I remember that was a, almost a thing, just like with John yeah. Cena, uh, ruthless aggression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, um. Miss is fascinating just because, like you know, he comes in with that. He comes in with that tag. He just looks goofy and stupid. I remember the summer Charlie where he. It seemed like he was making a move. He starts challenging. He does the Jericho to Goldberg. I'm gonna challenge John Cena to a match that he never shows up for, and I'm gonna count it as a win. He does that for a bit, and it's like, okay, he's making a move. We still don't like him. Still don't think much of him. But hey, it's interesting. It's at least intriguing that he's trying something. And then it seems like you know he he becomes like the perfect U.S. slash Intercontinental Champion. Exactly. Like the perfect guy. And then that just incredible run, like his world title run, like it just, it's a shame it does not go longer. Like it, it, I loved that, that video for WrestleMania is awesome. Yeah. That's the, an awesome, do you hate me now video? Oh my God. That's awesome. It, it still so holds up to this day. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's a shame. Yeah. He beat Cena, but it's, it's not, it's not a good match. It's completely overshadowed by the rock purposely. So probably there was no doubt that that was designed to overshadow it but well let's talk um, let's talk about that because that where you're talking about whatever happens with him he is constantly overshadowed by somebody the the rock being you know people were just waiting for the rock to get involved in that match the the main event of wrestlemania a world title match there's no there's no stakes on the match because people are waiting on the rock and then i think it was wasn't it the wrestlemania after the I can't remember whether or not someone correct me, but the WrestleMania after Miz's promo on Talking Smack was the match with him and Maurice against Cena and Nikki Bella, which was literally just so that Cena could propose to her in the ring, and we all saw how that worked out. But leading into that, where I'm going into that is leading into that, he and Maurice were hot as shit because of those mock things they were doing for Nikki and John and they were great. Yeah. Like they were both really able to show out what they can do. And then here it is. Here's some momentum. Here's some momentum squat and, and not squat, but it's just, you know, he loses that in that match for that, for that magical moment of a proposal in the ring. Yeah. Yeah, man, the, um, uh, I was, and I think we all were, we were really hoping that like, when especially when Daniel Bryan came back and like, golly, I remember watching with you, Charlie. They built that match up. They built it up for years. They do yep. it at SummerSlam, and the match just sucks. It, 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 it was just a sucks. It was up there with uh, when they did Cody and Dustin and that really quick match, like, yeah, uh, a fast it, lane or whatever. Uh, it was like, oh, I've always wanted to see this, and then they did it, and it was like, that's it. And mm-hmm. I don't think the match was that long. No, and I mean it felt and and it wasn't long, and, and I remember us talking about like okay, well that's a, this is we tried to we tried to rebook our way out of it, and we we're like okay, okay, well maybe they they can just kind of resettle things a little bit, they'll build back up to a mania rematch, and it'll be hunky dory. No, we never saw it again. No, nope. never. 
not, like I said, Miz is always time. on the cusp of something, and then it just yeah. uh, it just fades away. It would have been great how because he was so hot. He he should have wouldn't have. It would have been great to put the the world title on him again, e- even though he's going to lose at Mania. Him and Brian could have a great match. They could really go at it, and it just never happened. Well, was it was shortly after that? Wasn't that shortly after that when Daniel Bryan went heel? Yes. I don't think it's long. I think it's that same year because Daniel Bryan wins the belt just before Survivor Series because he wrestles Lesnar. Talk about a match forgotten the time is the fact that Lesnar just just destroys him, yeah. basically, I think, in that, that Survivor Series match. But that's you're right, Jason. That's when he becomes heel. He becomes heel the, as soon as he beats AJ for the belt yeah, and then just wrecks him afterwards. So, yeah, it's the same year. And then months, yeah. And then the going, then I think it's the next year. Miz is face because of Shane turning on him and kind of having that. The first when you're, you know, Charlie, we were talking about earlier. Miz doesn't make a good face. I thought he was okay this time around because it was all kind of stemming upon you. You fucked with my dad, right? Like it was like a a real thing. It wasn't just I'm suddenly Miz the nice good guy. It was like this guy hurt my dad, and he was on this kind of good roll. He had some good momentum. And then he has that match with, not even The Fiend, just the match with Mr. Rogers, Bray Wyatt. And then two weeks later, Morrison shows up and Miz is just a bad guy again. Yeah. yeah. His and... only hope, I think, because he's been around for a long time now, Miz. Uh, his only hope, I think, of truly being embraced as a good guy at this point is falling into that nice little pocket of the veteran wrestler who's just been around for so long that we just don't want to boo him yeah. anymore. Nailed it. Yep. He's going to become Christian. He'll become yeah. Christian yeah. at some yeah. point. We're I remember Christian by like '09 was like just like all right, Christian's on ECW. That gives me a reason to watch because I remember yeah. him. Yeah, <laughs> and then the 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 one more match here, which is what turned mm-hmm. it. I think what'll happen. This is just me. Is this Sunday coming up? Is the TLC? Miz now has the Money in the Bank. I think what's going to happen is he oh, is he does? during yeah he's he beat oh, they they did this stupid story he has the money in the bank again and they really fucked up and missed out because the thunderdome before it had to move was in the whatever that the amway center in orlando which is where he cashed in on randy orton and nice. it was the same pay-per-view was 10 years to the day and oh. randy orton was the champ and they didn't do that i think they're missing out a lot oh. i what i'd like to see happen is this sunday during the the TLC match between AJ and Drew McIntyre is AJ wins and it's a TLC match so you know someone's going to get fucked they take the ladder out from under him but Morrison screws Miz over and takes and cashes in the briefcase and Morrison becomes the champ and Miz's friend turned on him and finally then you get Morrison a little bit of credit he finally gets to be a champ because he's been a world champ everywhere else he goes yeah and watching his lucha underground stuff that dude can do it. He can do it personality-wise. He can do it in the ring-wise. But but we're talking. This is Mrs. Movie. We're not doing Boone the Bounty Hunter with Morrison. But going back to, I think that would do it. That would give Miz sympathy, and it would give him something that 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 he could really like sink his teeth into. Yeah, I like that man. I'd be down with that. I'd be down with it. Man, yeah, it's he's an interesting one to talk about. The last thing I'll say is like it's crazy that like he has such a he he's somebody who like in this modern era probably uh I'm not thinking too hard about this, but let's just say offhand, he's got to be top 15 from like if you go from 2000 on, probably top 15. I I think that's fair. Is that fair? 
From 2000 on? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, just for his match with um, Dolph Ziggler alone. I think that was at Survivor Series. The one where if Ziggler lost, he would have had to leave. That's one of the best matches of the decade that I've seen. Uh, yeah, I would definitely. Damn, put it that's a 15. good call, man. Damn, yeah, that's yeah. a match that no one really talks about anymore. I, that match blew me away when I saw that. I, it was it had high drama, had great, uh, they had great chemistry together. That's another thing. It's not like Miz is a guy who can have. He's not Bret Hart. He can't have a good match with everybody. But there's certain wrestlers that he matches really well with, and uh, one of them is Dolph Ziggler. Um, I, and to a lesser extent, I think uh, I think Randy Orton. I think he can have a good match with Randy Orton, but. You know, put him with someone like John Cena or someone like that. It's like, eh, it's just, it's not great. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of like the modern day X Pac, where like he kind of gets brought into like kind of he he can wrestle the safe WWE match. You know, that's that's yeah. what his job is, and he kind of can condition guys or what. That might be or... his his place now. I mean, that that's a good pull. It's like because I Miz has probably just fought just about everybody on that roster. <laughs> It's, it's like Mrs. Fight. He's close. Yeah, it's like he used to be that he and Dolph were the gatekeepers. It was like you know, like when people would come up from NXT, they either feuded with Dolph or Miz. Um, yeah. Would right. would be the pattern. Um, and real quick, what I want to say this about Miz: the Miz is like the best part of the Scooby Doo WWE movies. Both. Okay. Of them. The Curse of the I... Speed Demon. Well, Curse of the Speed Demon and WrestleMania, other than Taker. Taker is a highlight, but the Miz, the whole point is, it's like a running joke, is he gets hurt and, and is in like out of commission in both of those movies, and it's still awesome. Like, he's still, it, it's it's a hoot. For yeah, him, that's him another thing. Moves. Wasn't he always injury prone? Wasn't that like one of Miz's uh, drawbacks no, Miz's, as well? No, that was his, oh, I, that was his thing on Daniel Bryan. I've never been hurt. Oh, no, that's I wrestle right, smart. that's right. I remember you're talking about there, Charlie. You're talking about... Remember he hurts other him? people. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The Wade, remember, it was the... Golly, was it Wade Barrett? If we're going back, remember, there is a match where he fucks up. And he you can tell it gets to him really quick. Yes. Um, and, or maybe it was he missed he missed catching somebody? Well, no, he, there was a time he missed catching R-Truth. That was always that's one of the... Yeah, that's maybe I'm kind of confusing a few of these. But you, wait, well, wait, you're getting Wade Barrett and our truth confused. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just like because I, well, I know also at some the point, concussion from WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he, I mean, he landed. I mean, I, I don't blame Cena for that. It's like Miz. What the what the hell were you thinking? You know. Uh, but but I mean, he's uh, the thing that I took away from that Daniel Bryan thing. The thing that I really like about Miz, and and he says it in there. He's Miz is not a spot fest wrestler. And Daniel Bryan can get like that sometimes. And Miz doesn't take unnecessary risks uh, nearly at the rate of a lot of the high spot type guys nowadays. Like, he knows how to protect himself now, it seems. Um, and so that part of the thing about Daniel Bryan I absolutely love. He's like, yeah, like that's kind of a throwback to the wrestler that I used to like. You know, the guy who just, I, I got to do a diving headbutt. I got to do a suicide dive. It's like, no, you, you don't. And it, Miz is a, a fully capable, really good wrestler. But how is he as it's, an it's actor? Like, yeah, it's sort of like Mark Hamill versus Matthew Modine. Like, Mark Hamill has Whoa. one thing, essentially. I mean, obviously, you can say the Joker. I get it. But we're talking about movies, acting. He's got one thing that was amazing that set him up. Matthew Modine, man. Motherfucker, just keep working. Just keeps yeah. working. Yeah. yeah well, keeping working doesn't necessarily mean you're good. 
Well, no, I mean, it, I'm if, saying you could, a... if you could star in Cutthroat Island and not have that kill your career, I think that is a major <laughs> achievement. <laughs> Jesus. I'm saying like he's he's a he was a constantly working actor. Not a lot yeah. of not a lot of peaks, mostly just straight line across the way. I see. I see what you're saying. All right. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Now that's something I used to talk about um I forget I forget who it was, but there is something to be said about not headlining a movie or a major movie. Uh, right. because it's like if you headline a major movie and it bombs it changes your career forever look at Kevin Costner with Waterworld and then there are these actors who don't do that and they just kind of stay in the supporting roles like a Steve Buscemi or something like that and he eventually went to do what Boardwalk Empire and that was big for him but in all of his movies he kind of has the little role and it's like that's how you keep working you know, and I that, think a better that, example Sam Worthington oh yeah, no, man that Terminator kind of Oh, it's bad. Was, but if you look at his career over the last up. ten years, he's holy uh, shit. I think he's taken nothing. a different approach. Yeah, yeah. He got. I mean, he was set up as a guy, and it's not obviously Avatar was not a bomb. I'm not saying it was not once, even close. <laughs> let's let, let's 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 face it. Like, it did not work, and people were like, "All right, so this is not the guy we want at the top of the poster." Right. Maybe near the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> you want to see him. On, you want to see him do well, uh, Hacksaw Ridge? I think he's in that. Uh, the Mel Gibson mm-hmm. flick. He's great in that yeah. movie. That, that was oh, a different approach. I who's agree. that other guy? That the he was in Friday Night Lights. He was one of the high school kids. Then he was he was Gambit in the Wolverine movie, and then he was John Carter. And then he kept popping up like they're one oh, of the guys too. like that. They tried to make him Taylor something, I think, or T- Taylor Lautner. Maybe, where no, they just try to try to do him and Kellen Luntz. I remember both of those two kind of together. They just tried to always make them stars. They never worked out. Maybe they should no, have had a wrestling not. company behind them that would just constantly chop out stuff for them. Man, so real quick, do you guys know how I and and Taylor I, know, I quickly I quickly counted this, but I'm I, I may be off by one or two. I get it. The rundown is pretty much the first WWE films outside of No Holds Barred. I'm talking about in the, like the continuous era of of WWE films, like from when it started to up to now, to, to, mm-hmm. starting in 2003 up to now. Do you know how many movies they've made? And I and I say made like maybe some of these are still project. They may be projects that never completed or maybe concept. But do you know how many? What are they 40? up to? Like thirty something now? What do you think, Charlie? Forty. Charlie goes. He's gonna go on to the sur- the showcase showdown. It is fifty seven. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I I I counted it just and I and I say again, it was a quick count. I may be off by a couple, but if you wow. do the the math roughly for seventeen years, that's over three movies a year. Yeah, that's that the Marvel doing. schedule. That's pretty impressive. Well, and like it, and what's <laughs> what's even more fascinating is just looking at like how they've had to continuously pivot how they're distributing their movies. Oh, you sure. go through that first era of rundown, Walking Tall, See No Evil, The Marine, The Condemned. Uh all those movies like those are all theatrical are, those are all theatrical releases. And then it starts to get dicey cuz like uh <laughs> because then you have Behind Enemy Lines uh Columbia with Mr. Kennedy, that goes straight <laughs> to video. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yes. I forgot though. about that. Yeah. You we but couldn't get Owen Wilson, so we got Ken Kennedy. <laughs> 
<laughs> but then, you know, you have 12 rounds with Cena. That goes obviously more – that's a theatrical run. My favorite is the Samuel Goldwyn films run from 2010 through 2011. This is where you get Legendary, the one with John mm. Cena, Knucklehead with Big Show, Chaperone Triple H. That's go. what I am, the Randy Orton awesome, awesome movie. Inside they, Out, tri- Triple H, and then the reunion with Cena. Were they like trying to dabble into like indie Oscar bait movies? Like. Because so. like, hey, hey, we never tried this. <laughs> That's yeah. Because <what> <laughs> then, what was the weird one? Didn't they they did a movie that had no wrestlers in it at all? Didn't they start that where it would be like where the well, I mean, there was the the one with Ed Harris and Randy Orton's only in it for a few minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. then there was the um, one that had a uh, Funkasaurus in it, where it's just like murderous biker gang, where it looked like it was like a uh, a green room before green room. They've mm. got a couple movies on here. That don't have because like what I I love and I'm using the all always accurate Wikipedia sure. to help me out here. There are a few of these that don't have like a WWE superstar listed beside them. Like where and you can see WWE Studios slash films, whatever you want to call them. They just did distribution with it. So there are a couple times they were just like, all right, let's just um, let's just uh, fire these out, you know, and just try and collect a little bit. But yeah, man, after that is like the one the. The one where it's, I can't believe they figured it out finally was the call where it's like get Halle oh, Berry yeah. in there. That and that was I haven't okay. seen it, but it's, I've that seen made it. a lot of money. That made it, a ton of money for what this, it was called. For what which it one is is that the one? She's the nine one one operator or whatever. Yes. Yeah, and they I think they get her daughter. I've seen it one time. Uh, mm. It's not it's not bad. It really. Oh, is. Tunga's in it. He's the WWE guy. <laughs> <in that one. laughs> oh God. Yeah, Tunga's in it. That's right. But <laughs> you know they did sign that deal with Netflix. So I mean, yes, because the, yes, there's that's... that movie just to, to tie to kind of wrote the movie with Miz, the main event. The main um, event. With the, yep. Is that the, the one kid, with the kid? Who gets, the kid gets lucha mask, and then they got the Big Show show. So there's probably going to be more. Um, well, I, I've never understood how why they how they've never like made like a like a streaming deal of some sort to get something of from this library of films on the WWE network. So Charlie, like, I I'm glad you brought this up because I know we've talked about this. And yeah. I've thought about this for years, and I think it's all about the district. They are trying to – I don't think they have any clue about – they don't have any – I'm not going to say they, have, they don't have any clue. I don't think they have any other interest other than let's quickly cash out on this because we know it's not going to make a lot of money. They sell off those distribution rights. Just like, Jason, you and I were talking about the the um, uh, Christmas story, right? TNT mm-hmm. bought those, so they, they they were sold off to them. They've uh, They've got them. So WWE quickly sells off those rights, those it's distribution rights so for their flicks weird. so they can like, get money off it. Because what's the money that they're going to get? Like, what money will they get by putting it on the network is the is the, is the the thing I hypothesize is why they don't necessarily don't put them on there. Like, I think, like, some of their movies, like, I think No Holds Barred, I think they outright own the rights to that movie. I think they bought the rights, like, completely for that movie. But then there's, that would like, be interesting. Yeah, that would be cool. But then there's other movies where they've worked with other studios. Like I think, um, I, don't, I don't think they were formed yet. But Suburban Commandos, New Line Cinema, Santa's Little Helper uh, is 20th Century Fox. Like, yeah, I noticed. So I this like, is technically a well, Disney movie now. <laughs> Miz is a Disney princess. <laughs> but what's what's wild is it's it, they have finally I think I I think now with at least their deal with A and E. They have figured out what is going to help, probably help them the most in terms of WWE Studios being most successful. Fucking biographies. 
and letting other people make them. Like, they've got Stone Cold, Booker T, Roddy Piper, Randy Savage, Shawn Michaels, Ultimate Warrior, Bret Hart. These are all listed as pre-production. And they obviously, like, you know, they they let they they open the doors to do the Andre one with HBO. So if they if WWE films pivots into this area, that is where they will be the most successful. It's just hilarious like how many ways they've had to try and like repackage this film department because they've always wanted to do movies. Yeah. Going all the way back to the inception it seems like a WWE Vince always had that obsession I think to get into movies. How many ways it's not worked? in a few ways it has. And I hope this does because we all, we love fucking biographies, man. Whenever they do, like when they start, when they, they let them do that 30 for 30 on flair. It's like, okay, you're kind of wetting the appetite. Like, let's really take this out for a spin and let other people outside of, you know, the people that do those DVDs that we use to buy and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Some other people have a crack at this and really tell these stories. Well, that's great. I mean, let me look at Hitman heart. Yeah. Well, these. Yeah. That's the thing, though. Is I mean, are these biographies going to have all the access we want, or is it just going to be kind of WWE washed? So if this, if they follow the pattern of the Andre the Giant one, then the good thing about Andre the Andre one is that's pretty wide open. Like that's not like they they kind of they don't really shy away. You know, if that was the WWE version, like, I don't think you'd get into the most painful parts that that movie goes. So, right. that was obviously, that's with HBO. This is with A&E. Now, I, obviously, if, if, we're, if we're holding our hands out and doing the thing where we're weighing which one weighs more, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't think it's, I, maybe I'm wrong, HBO probably has the upper it's hand. It's not arts and entertainment. I don't, no. Right. I, I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know what kind of, uh, it, I remember when they announced this. They haven't done a lot since then, and this is all pre-production. These could all go away tomorrow. I mean that. I mean that happens all the time. When we get into Gil Junger's bio, the journeyman filmmaker IMDb list, there are plenty of things that never took off with old Gil, including a Jenny McCarthy pilot. If you look at it, <laughs> yeah, there was an interesting list. So, and let's hope, Will. Let's hope you did not just jinx that entire slate of documentaries, like. Like we did, what was his name from Naked Gun? When we we're like, oh, he's dead, and then someone's like, he's George not dead, Kennedy. and then he died within like three George weeks Kennedy. later. Yes. Yeah. Well, so let's not do bitch. that. Let's yeah. not do that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I the, I know it's it's hilarious. We're an hour in. We haven't even talked. We have not yet talked about the movie. So I won't. I will not. I will not talk long on this before, so we can talk about the. Movie. I, I just love looking at like these directors who end up doing these these awful WWE films like the the directors and like how they they usually have like one or two things that jump out at you like oh shit yeah they directed that thing cool gil junger directed i i i'm trying to the ones that stuck out obviously 10 things i hate about you and then how about black knight a couple years later he comes back hard with that <laughs> yeah with with martin lawrence's version of a canadian yankee and king arthur's court which was you know fine for what it was <laughs> Yeah, it's but, no Army of Darkness, but, you know, hey, whatever. Nothing is an Army of Darkness, bro. Uh, and the thing is, and this is, you know, not to dwell too long on, on old Gil, even though he is responsible for the atrocities we're about to document, um, he's done, like, almost over 100 episodes of various TV 
and I, I wrote like he he directed dozens of episodes for Blossom, the Jeff mm-hmm. Foxworthy show, Living Single. He did like thirty something episodes of Ellen, including one of the most important oh, he did the... episodes of TV oh. of all time. He did the puppy. That is the episode where Ellen comes out. Um, so it's just crazy <laughs> how this guy who's got that much experience directs what we're about to see and not just and I'll get in when we get into the movie I'll get a little more detail about that but it it's just crazy it's like literally this guy was just like sure okay cut sure fine we'll cut you know oh he's point and shoot brother like that's all that guy is like that is that guy's just like what what's the script say that's what we'll shoot move on yeah I love that it's also like a re-teaming because he directed Christmas Bounty you know it's like uh it's like they had like a Billy Wilder, Jack Lemon thing going on. <laughs> oh my God! Well, he also did another. He did Christmas Cupid for I think it was the Hallmark Channel. So that's okay. at least this is the third of go. his Christmas. This is this is the third part of his Christmas trilogy. So I know this holiday. <laughs> I'll make it work for you. I got it, guys. There, you just follow the formula. So, however, you guys want to tackle this movie, just let's just go for it and and. Uh... And just fire away. Sure. Uh, Jason, you want to go? Or uh, since I well, picked it, should I go? Well, let's... You go ahead. Sure. And we'll bring it in as we need to. So, uh, this unfortunately is one of those movies that as soon as you watch it, you forget a lot of it. So, it, it, it helps to write stuff down. Uh, the plot of this is very simple. Ms. is... Basically, just I, I love it's a close the youth center movie. I didn't know that going in. I was like, oh, not this. Yeah, it's uh, a breaking two scenario. Yeah, it's so he he wants to close the youth center because apparently he has some uh, PTSD towards it, some Nam flashbacks with the old uh, youth center, and uh, he ends up getting canned before Christmas, and then uh, a stranger shows up to his door, a very attractive stranger who had very little clothing in her first scene. So I was like, oh, this North Pole's awesome. Anyway, she is uh, claiming to be bearing gifts in, in, in lieu of a job. And she wants to basically interview the Miz for this job that she will not tell him anything about. And that's your basic plot. And you have Paige as like an angry elf of her father was mutilated or whatever. Wait, how did he die? <laughs> he didn't die. We'll I get into that. No, no, no. He just quit. We'll, we'll... He just quit. He I've got a whole tirade about this guy. Oh, good. So. Well, Jason, you take it from here. What do you got? Well, here's here's my thing. And so it is another one of those, like you said, it's let's close the, the rec center. But Miz isn't the entity closing the rec center. He's just the guy going to tell him, well, you didn't give the money. I'm like... And he's supposed to be so so good at this job, whatever his job is. They call they keep calling him Dax, the Axe Man. So is he like one of the? Is he like a professional firer? You know, like does it's he? Like he's the guy who serves people. He's like the guy who serves people. It seems like yeah, almost. Know, he just but, delivers the bad news in a way. Yeah. So he just walks in and he's so good, and this guy just fires him. Like, well, no one likes you. Like th- this. Place is full of unlikable people. So let's get the rundown. He in the he randomly gets fired. His girlfriend leaves him. The job takes the car back, and his house for some reason gets foreclosed in the same month that he loses his job. Within a couple days, Santa yeah, is it, putting man, all this. It together. goes downhill. Wow, it goes downhill so fast for this guy. I just love that. Like 
introducing here's a dick and guess what his boss is a bigger dick yeah <laughs> and here we go yeah and then it's just and that's the thing it's like all this bad stuff happens within like two days and this is clearly some this is clearly santa fucking with them like santa is machiavellian pulling shit on um and then charlie's talking about the hot north pole agent which you know that's cool and all i and this is a question i want to ask both you in movies where santa is real and we go to his magical whatever factory or whatever it turns out to be in the movie north pole i am not a fan of normal height elves what about you guys no, no not at all yeah <laughs> um, you know I, I i i had not thought about it intently until uh you just said that i all i was thinking was like oh right i got beamed up to planet hallmark cool yep. let's do it pal yep the no, only shot right the only scene in this entire christmas movie that has snow is an establishing shot clearly from somewhere they never filmed inside right, um, because we eventually get to the exteriors of this place during the climactic competition there's no snow no nope, like no nope. at all <laughs> no it's like they're in the fucking jungle like yeah. all of a sudden like it's like it's first Jumanji. blood yeah <laughs> like so it, uh, and going back to our elf like our, our main elf billy um this santa who was also manipulating and destroying Miz's life is also a fucking jerk because he calls her my round-eared friend which yeah, i learn is she's not like a <laughs> i was oh is she going to be like a person who got you know they found a baby no she is a genetically deformed elf and santa claus who has these five standards of of people to work for him which Miz exhibits none of those behaviors uh just makes fun of her defect to There's her a face. lot of prejudiced, uh, exclusionary dialogue like that in this. Oh movie. yeah, and as a matter of fact, we only see one elf ear, and I don't mean one one person elf. Only one elf ear, and that's Paige's shitty looking ear that's sticking out from her beanie. <laughs> Do you there. notice that like the rest of the movie it's covered? Yes, because like they're just like. Uh, you know what? Yep. <laughs> Just like the rest of them. It. Every other... So so here they are. They are normal-sized people. None of them have accentuated voices. None of them indicate uh, any sort of magical capability. They don't have pointy ears. Santa has legitimate slaves at the North oh, yeah. Pole. Um, and, and so, which also leads to uh, why he doesn't have more, is this is one of the horniest Christmas movies I've ever seen. Yeah, man. Fitz Borland, that guy is ready to pound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fitz was that. Yeah, that that freaky elf. Yeah, the creepy one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the yeah, the got... the single white female elf. There he puts on <laughs> Santa's clothes and everything. Yeah. Uh, he's all yeah, on page. I... Then you got yeah. poor Billy uh, uh, swooning all over. Let me jump down to my notes here. Poor Billy swooning all over super misogynistic Dax. Uh, you should smile more. Oh, and she just flutters and that... melts. Dude, that scene, like, like the scene where, like, she basically, I, I, all I wrote was when, when Billy takes off, and Paige wants to know where she went. She's like, yeah, Paige sucks off Scotty to learn where Billy beamed yeah. to. Oh, dude. yeah, and oh. it takes a while because he's in the, he's already, you know, he's finished with the second test by the time she gets where she needs to go. Um, so, and, and let's cut to the first test. So here, where you talked earlier. The, the 2.1 wrestlers that are in this movie, because Maurice gets a little cameo, you have a biker bar scene that is going to involve a fight in a movie starring a wrestler. Why not load this up with wrestler cameos? Why not? 
Yeah, like, man, let's let Brodus Clay eat somebody. Yeah, I mean, yeah, why not? Um, you know, this is twenty. Well, I'd say this is twenty fifteen. The shields was too big, but you know, all three of them just rolling up, whatever. Um, and something I cannot like we we hit on it. It was the same thing in Santa with muscles. It was the same thing in Santa Slay. Why do these horrible Christmas movies have horrible music? They don't even oh, do man. crappy mute versions of Christmas music. It's this oh, weird man. shit. It's um, bad. I mean, it is. Epidemic Sound has better music <laughs> that I use that I use for videos than this. I don't know what this is. You guys want to be inspired by learning about roofers, or do you want some crappy Christmas music? Epidemic Sound, like it's just. There you go, guys. You're our other sponsor. Um, just and there are parts of this movie. Uh, I'll kind of lump this all together. The CGI snow at the end of the movie that is so bad oh. that someone tries to be tries to go the extra mile and have it have CGI snow accumulation, but they forgot to have the snow accumulate on the people. Um, yeah. So it was crazy. Is it? It is practical snow in one shot. It is digital snow in another. Uh-huh. It is it's hilarious. It is also evident that they changed the frame rate. I'm gonna nerd out just for a second. It is crazy. Like I'm like I and I was wondering, I was like, oh, is this about to be an action scene? Like are we gonna jump the are we gonna jack up the frame rate? Because, you know, we want this to look cool in an act. I get it. I I'd do it too. Sure. Go for it. But no, it's just like, hey man, why don't you give San- why don't you give this old brick guy his ring back that you mugged him in the hallway or the alleyway? Yeah. Okay, cool. I thought he was going to rough up them kids and it was going to be like a good time. Yeah. It no. wasn't. He was just like, uh, so were the kids in on it? I mean, yeah, I know. They, like, <laughs> were they also elves? Were they just more of the slaves? Was that the trade-off? They're, Did they earn their they're, freedom? They're, they're more of the normies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's we'll, the other one. That's the other one. That's the other Yeah, we'll get to the Terminator page here in just a second. But uh, <laughs> we get to this kind of weird part where Santa shows Miz what his life would have been like had the guy who ran the same rec center not screwed him over when he was a kid. Like, this Santa's like, and it's so cheap. You you would have gone to space. You would have had a family. You would have used zero gravity to cure the common cold. Um, and they couldn't even bother to, like, shave the Miz or make him look different. It literally looks like that was all done in the same day. Yeah. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. So if to just kind of dig into the details, like, so apparently the guy steals all the money from the show, yet they have all their props. You can see them rehearsing. They have all their stuff. Why are they all bent out of shape about not having like not having enough money for their 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 show? Apparently, like whatever show this is, which seems I again, if you look in the background. I was like, I don't understand. I, this is the worst, like, pivotal. This is the pivotal backstory scene that has caused everything to go askew. That really needs to be, like, really clear-cut and definitive. Like, oh, man, I asked a girl out. She said no. Fuck, I hate life. But, no, it's <laughs> instead it's this really, like, overly complicated thing where it's like, now we're going to introduce this, uh, this youth center director guy who's just a corrupt asshole who just seems to be hanging out on the same island for years. Yeah. Well, I think he came back. Did he, did he come back? I mean, I don't get it. And also how, so he stole this youth center's money and went to the Canary. How much money did this youth center have? Like, I, I know I, that's my thing. Like how much did he have that he's still hanging out on the islands? But one better Jason is 
even though a guy just materialized out of nowhere, the police don't care at all. Nope. They don't even... I'm, I wrote down, do Miranda rights apply to those who just miraculously appear no. at a crime scene? No, magical entities have no rights, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Just like, uh, just like you know, Mrs. When Santa goes, you're on your own, and he takes the bell away from him, and his, his first thought, which would have been funny if they'd have played it for a laugh, his first thought is to throw a trash can, not directly at the bulldozer, just in front of it. And then the bulldozer crushes the can, and everyone goes, oh, like surprise. And less blood squirted out because there was a homeless kid living in that trash can. There's no reason for anyone to be surprised about this thing. Um, and, and the reason I have all these bullet points is, is to build up with my two biggest complaints about this movie. We kind of touched on one of them earlier, the sound. First of all, the cookies in this movie sound disgusting. When is the last time you bit into a cookie and it had the crunch of a stale Taco Bell taco shell? Yeah, yeah. They all it's sound bad. bad. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. saying this is a Christmas movie. It, it's a trope. It's in. It was in Fat Man with Mel Gibson. It's a thing. And it's a great Santa trope that Santa loves cookies and Mrs. Claus puts out those cookies. I'm down with it. It's great. But these cookies sound disgusting. Like, just really bad. Um, and then here is my main complaint of this movie, and this is something going back, and this is the, the to me, this is Gil Younger's fault, buddy. You're tied in. And like you mentioned, Charlie, when you were going, Paige's dad, Twinkle, I think that's his name. I can't remember, uh, because I was not about to go back and watch this movie again to get Rewind. more notes. <laughs> uh, Twinkle, he, he, this guy gets a lot of real estate, to never show up in this movie. We spend and waste so much time with that Fitz motherfucker that we could have we could have introduced Twinkle. Because here we go. Twinkle is Santa's ho 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 until he dis and which the ho 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 is supposed to be some acronym and I for it was also like home office, head of something, um, whatever. So he's the ho ho ho. But he decides to to resign on Santa in December. So that's villainistic tendency, number one. Number two, Santa says he's losing his mind because he turned his sleigh into a breakfast burrito. Number three, Twinkle is the father of who's supposed to be our antagonist, who is maybe on screen for ten minutes. Um, Paige is hardly in this movie. Number four, the magical bell that is used during this movie that is the source of all the magic, with the exception of Santa, belongs to Twinkle. Number five, he designed the obstacle course that they run through. This guy is brought up so much and you never see him. This is worse than so Captain I... Rupert Crandall in Picard. And if you've listened to this and you've seen Picard, you know what I'm talking about. The episode where Picard goes and hangs out with Riker and Troy and you meet their kid and you learn about their dead kid. Their kid talks about this oh, Rupert man. Crandall guy throughout 20 minutes of the show, like he's going to be the guy that's going to show up and help Picard and the, the, the girl get to where they're going. And you never fucking see him ever. Like it is crazy. The mountain real, like that, that's exactly what this reminding me of with that much real estate talking about a character who never shows up. That so is you, shitty I, directing. I so I look something up. i it took me a while. I went through a couple of, of search results before I finally figured out like what happened to Twinkle. Like did the Twinkle storyline just was it cut for budget or whatever? So apparently um 
Twinkle refused uh, to drop the WWF title to Shawn Michaels in Canada. <laughs> and um, Santa, Santa told Earl Hebner to ring the bell, and Twinkle rode out in the air WCW and left for uh, down south. So that's why wow. uh, he's Pole. not mentioned. And yeah, that that's that's the reason. I just wanted to interject with that. Now, now, don't take this the wrong way, Will, but fuck you, because I thought you had found something out that it bothered you, too. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that you were like, you know what, I did some digging. But no, no, no. Um, so, so, I mean, that like that's where I'm looking at. That's bad storytelling. That's bad writing, 100%. Um, but then, just to cop it all off, Santa ruins this guy's life. No, pla- no place to live. No job. No girlfriend. Then, at the end... Miz doesn't become Santa's little helper, and he still doesn't have a home or a job. I so Jason, that is the number one thing that like I took away from the movie. It was like, wow. So the Miz got nothing except yeah. like a girlfriend. Yeah, that hey, happens to be like the number Christmas two to Santa. spirit is a reward in and of itself. <laughs> there it is, Charlie. I knew. <sighs> I was waiting for him. I was like, he's just lurking. Yeah, he's lurking. We're we're fa- we're people commenting I on hear Facebook. Voices calling. <laughs> it's just Charlie, Charlie in the Facebook bushes waiting for his moment to strike. <laughs> What's that? Do you have an opinion on a Van Halen song? Not on my watch. Not Da-da! on my watch. Charlie's the beautiful Facebook comment assassin. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, apparently, uh, Twinkle left a tweet. I'd rather blow my brains out. Ho ho ho! <laughs> so did so Fitz? Was... Did Fitz not tell Twinkle to watch the kick, and he took it to the <laughs> temple? Um, but yeah, that that's where like ugh, to to railroad it. That this movie was god awful um, by Christmas curb standards and regular movie standards. I just don't think it takes itself serious. Like I don't like when movies just really like what I'm saying when I say take doesn't take itself seriously enough. Like I know what we're watching, okay? I get it, but it it, it act like you at least care a little bit. That's what always annoys me in sure. movies. Like when it just feels like no, like there's just not enough people caring. Like I get it, man. Like it's. The idea is we're going to have fun and watch a movie. Okay, cool. There are a lot of movies. Heck, Charlie, I just... We had a great time. We went through all the American Pie movies the last week. I saw what that. What a great fucking time. It's what a great, a great time. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's a, And I know what I'm getting into when I watch those. It's a sure. good time. It's just a good but time. But that's what, that's what yeah. makes those sweet moments really sneak up on you. Yeah. See, yeah. those... Dude, Eugene Levy... I do makes me cry because like I'm like that's a great. He's dad. so good in the fourth one. Uh, like he's yeah. yeah. He he really has a couple of great little scenes. Yeah, and, and like that's the kind of stuff that's good. It's like anyone who like that, those are good examples. You see a movie like that, or you see a preview, and you expect a certain kind of movie, and and then it does this thing. I think all four of the movies do it, where there's like a little weird moment that doesn't seem like it fits, and it kind of makes you reflective on yourself in this, like, teen sex comedy. And it's what makes those movies so unique. Now, as opposed to Santa's Little Helper, where this is a comedy, right? Like, I guess. Were, were, were these supposed to be funny scenes? Because I'll tell you, I feel like I was grossly misled because the image on Movies Anywhere that's at the top when you click on it, it looks like an old Melissa McCarthy. And this is Mrs. Yes! Fox. Okay, I saw Mrs. I... That threw me off. Wait, what? Terribly. I thought when I saw the picture of Mrs. Claus, because that was the 
You saw you watched oh. it on Vudu. If you click on movies anywhere and you click the 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 icon for the movie, the picture that they use at the top of the screen is you know it's it's either Mike or Molly, I don't know, but uh, it's it's it's, it's <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. It looks just like her. And then when, and then when I see her in motion in the movie, I'm like, oh, I guess that isn't Melissa McCarthy. I was really excited for a second. Um, That's. Bring out Melissa McCarthy is really funny because while I was on IMDb doing the research for this movie, and I cannot believe out of everything we've covered and done, the amount of time I put into this movie. But on or the, on when you're on IMDb and you kind of get to the, they have the the clickbait articles on the side. There was one that said you won't believe how Miss Melissa McCarthy looks now, and it was a picture of Megan Fox. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, you're damn right, I won't, I won't believe, believe it. it. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe that at all. Um, <laughs> and that's that's not a knock on, on Melissa McCarthy whatsoever. That is just, like, what are you doing? It actually might be funnier if it said something like, uh, you won't believe what Megan Fox looks like now, and it's Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> they These things love to do, you know, where they, they take your search history, and since I'll look oh, up yeah. wrestling stuff, it'll be like, Kane, WWE wrestlers, Kane's wife is the most beautiful woman in the world. It's like a picture of him standing next to Kelly Kelly. <laughs> it's like for the people that don't know, we'll be like, my God, that guy did really well. And it's like, no, no, she's a normal looking lady. You um, won't believe what Paige did now. And it's yeah. like a cooking oh, recipe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> and Nick, isn't it sad? Like when you look at it, it's like, this is when Paige was like really pretty. Like she was actually like, this is before yeah. like. Like and I kept thinking I was like, man, this is when like, this is before Dong Rio corrupted her. Yep. Well, everything, and and uh, yeah, I just I, it was funny to reflect on like the 2015 era because it's weird. Like, I always kind of view like WWE for me like kind of ends in after WrestleMania 31, like in that summer. I guess kind of like that the rest of that summer and everything because our Survivor Series we went to together and everything. Which I can't thank you guys enough still to this day for, but, um, you know, uh, like that's that's like kind of like the last like really like gr- like big good times overall for the company. It's the because then after that it just it it does kind of seem like it has never been the same since then. Not to be you know old guy on the porch or something like that. No, just, sure. Did you hear the yeah. AEW beat it? Yeah. Well, beat they Raw. that's no. Apparently, last night's Raw was the lowest ever, ever. Was it competing with uh, any football? Yeah, yes. Monday Night Football. It was a football. great game. It was yeah, a it was. great game too. Was, okay, but so there's, I mean, you can't use that as an excuse. But, no, I, uh, and I won't. But and the thing is, is in this page, what, what I, she was pretty good in this movie. She was yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. like she, I mean, she's she had a personality. Very little. That, that, great. Yeah, yeah. That girl who played Billy. I mean, she was just like just a, a vapid abyss. Like like watching her try to react. To like Dude, her reactions are so bizarre, and oh it is because she was in she was on the CW's reboot of nine hundred two one zero the entire time. I think she was like the the villain person. Yeah, Anna Lynn McCord, I think is her name. It's just the only time she would really react is when Miz would go, "You're you're pretty," you know. Yeah. And she just oh tee oh yeah, and and do that crap. And it's it, it just didn't seem like there was. It's like she was reacting like someone who's had a lot of plastic surgery yet. It didn't look like she had any plastic surgery, you know, yeah. because like the face just wouldn't move. 
And and, and and let's face it, old Gil is not probably asking for another take. He's like, right. oh, fuck it, print it. Let's just move on to the next one. Which is like, super evident by the uh, tire changing scene, because we're supposed to be like, oh, oh, look out, this is a girl that can change a tire. I, uh, um, good for her, but she didn't jack up the car. Exactly! <laughs> was like, exactly! I thought the same thing! I was like, wait a minute, have I been doing it wrong all this time? Because like, she's taking the lug nuts off. Yeah. Well, with the tire still on the ground, I guess you can do it that way. But I, mean, I know it's a little car. Is she expecting the Miz to just pick it up? Or she's an elf. She's strong. She's hoisted up. It'd be great if the Miz was just watching. Like, Yo, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I came to play. <laughs> I thought of that any time he entered a scene. Like, I don't know about you. Like, I was like, hoping he was going to bust that kid in the mouth. What Every time. Like, every like, when he first walks into the yeah that scene when he first walks into his office to get fired and he's got his suit on and it's just that song just would not stop playing in my head or when he goes and tracks down the four kids who mug Santa like I also love that scene too that Miz doesn't think this is weird because I was like what did like did this guy just wait around the corner like by the trash for like five minutes like because he's still like there something when else Miz was going on there Charlie like something else just, was going on there well I just, what I if you ask God. me he's the owner of the spaghetti place who came out to give a good talking to to the hot dog cart that just parked in front of his restaurant <laughs> that no one's getting business at I think that's what happens I okay so that's a good segue I'm gonna I'm just gonna r- run through these real quick these little things that I noticed that were freaking weird to me Alright, like, this is one of my biggest pet peeves in movies because it simply only exists to further the plot. It doesn't exist because any human with any common sense would never do this. If you are in a room with a woman, you never play your voicemails on speakerphone. (laughs) I would say that would be anybody. It doesn't have to specifically be a woman. Specifically? Well, well, this is from my... I've never been a woman. However, like, Seinfeld covered this, like, 30 years ago. You never play your messages where someone can hear them. Like, that was awful. Uh, The scene we have not talked about somehow, which was my least favorite scene in the whole movie, the nursing home scene, which somehow has a budget to where they can subscribe to the WWE Network. Uh, (laughs) Oh, no, man, I think they were watching, like, Total Bellas or something. But the logo's on the bottom. Mm. Like, it's... (laughs) I was, I was like, okay, uh, the hot dog cart scene. Did you guys notice how much mustard Billy put on that hot dog? Yeah. It's an incredible amount. Like, it's funny. Like, she can change a tire, apparently. But, no, like, she can't. there's no we concept of mustard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what happened is that they had Billy stand there and squeeze the mustard in real time for the entire time that Miss another dude filmed the scene. She's like, can I stop now, Gil? Please, Gil, can I stop? Ugh. And, and, Gil and I don't... Just... I don't understand the finale. I don't understand this game. Like, I understand, oh, like, Paige break, breaks out the Constitution of the North Pole and says that somebody <laughs> can object to this She ruling. took it to the North Pole Four Seasons landscaping. And... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Paige is casting her own electors for the ho-ho-ho position. And see, I, I always, <laughs> I hate, that's a, I, I hate, that's a thing I hate they do in movies where there's someone who... Like the bad person went or like brings up the rules or something, right? And they're like, based on this rule and this subsection and blah blah blah, I win. And then like you go along with it, and then someone goes, well, based on even... this, it's like if if someone is that diligent enough to read it, they're not just going to stop and go, oh, well, it says I won, I must have won. They're going to read everything. 
Well, that's why yeah. I'm confused because, as I recall, and correct me if I'm wrong, she says that someone has a right to an objection. And she goes, I object. And that's the end of it. And then somehow it leads to, well, we're going to have to do a decathlon of some sort. Uh, we're going to have to go do Ninja Warrior or something. Yeah. yeah. How well, does, like, how does I that... don't remember that in the rule. And she's and it's only one person objecting to this. It's just one. And it's like, what, what is it majority rule? Like, if one person, like, I, I don't understand any of this stuff. And then she ends up winning, but doesn't Santa ultimately get the, the choice? Like, he's the electoral college here. Can't he just go, I'm putting my votes with, with uh, you know, Miz. Well, it's, it's, Paige is the only only one of them, apparently, that, I mean, because every one of them is just all of a sudden wet for Miz. Like, they're all, like, rooting for him, and it's like, guys, he's a human, number one. He's not going to have the longevity in this position. Number two, she's one of your own. So, like, that's what I mean, is what had her and Twinkle been up to that everyone fucking hates them? I, I, I just, I, man... I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I, Why I just even love go that to comes Earth? Down to, well, you didn't show good sportsmanship. That's kind of ambiguous, oh, that's pal. Yeah. When? As she, and she even rightfully... She says this we were in the competition. She didn't do it. She didn't appear to cheat. She didn't do anything after the fact. She didn't tie him to the net. Like, I don't get it. She said something, something normie, and then headbutted the fuck out of him. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, Clearly, our third act has some problems. Uh, to, to... <laughs> sure. Or how about when they're all, like, cheering? Like, here's another thing I absolutely hate in movies, when they're all, like, cheering as they're watching it on this little TV. Like, and and you have to, we, like, it's, it's, like a, it's, like, mandated in these types of movies. We have to have an old person say something that an old person wouldn't typically say. Oh, you and know, then everyone right? stop? Yeah, like, like a record scratch. Yeah, you see mm-hmm. this in any comedy trailer that comes out nowadays, you know, where it's like, oh, nothing, punchline, continue with the crappy music. And I don't even remember what the hell Mrs. Claus said, but it was just, it was one of those moments where you just sit there and you're just like, why am I watching this? How, how about the little moment where, like, Billy thinks that Mrs. Claus is insinuating that... Uh, oh, yeah. She's, yeah, she, that's she's, where uh, I was getting... That's another... She's like, sleeping with him a little bit, she's go, going behind Mrs. Claus back and... Uh, <laughs> You know, I was like, whoa, yeah, I want to see this movie. Stick. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's like, listen here, I know how you're keeping his fat ass in shape, and it better stop. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> like, even though her character introduction, even, I was like, what the hell is this? Because she's basically playing Bernard from uh, Santa Claus, and it's like, well, if only Bernard dressed like this. Yeah, it's... Wait, so wait, you want Bernard to dress like that? Yeah, well, like, <laughs> she's the only one dressed like this, and I'm just, why? And not to mention, like, we briefly touched on it, but I can't tell you how much I hated that, that elf character that just would refuse to be written out of the script, uh, regardless of whether or not we needed him anymore. Hey, I shaved my beard. I'm like, yep, that makes this scene different. Yep. Yeah. It's, Single white uh, female. We'll just name him that. Yeah. If this I, movie became a, per, a person from hell movie, I would be totally in for it. The, the, speaking of the soundtrack, like the lame ass Bob Seger ripoff shit when yes! he's doing the risky yeah. business. Oh, yeah. Thing, I was like, <laughs> why not? Why not? I was wanting to bring that up, but I know Charlie like Charlie hates Bob Seger, and I wouldn't exist if it wasn't for my dad oh, I don't breaking my mom during a Bob Seger song. So, um, <clears throat> kind of thing. <laughs> night moves, baby. Uh, but, yeah, that is terrible. Like, ugh. Yeah, what a weird time to put in a reference. Right, it's just... <laughs> yeah, it's like... Whoa, see, there you go, Will. 
that's that's the Chris the the Hallmark Christmas movie you can do. Do a Santa sends an elf to Earth to judge his replacement, but the elf gets here and moves in with the person and becomes the person from hell, and they fall in love. So, like, I'm just curious what what is the Miz like? What is the epilogue for the Miz here? Like, what is going to be like? What's the next day like for him? Is it yeah. like, huh? No house. Do I get like beam back up to the North Pole and hang right. out there and just bang out Billy or something? Yeah, they don't give us anything. There's not even like the oh, this Christmas we're like Miz is like helping him. Yet, like anything, like using his business acumen or whatever. Like even letting Miz be the guy because he's the axe man. Let Miz be the guy who tells kids they're on the naughty list. Yeah, I mean, like what? Like what? you don't get anything. That's. It's so weird. Like, any one of these movies, like, it's at least left, like, Charlie, you broke it out, is so very eloquent, what you talked about, like, uh, what these people are left with at Christmas, the feeling of uh, togetherness, the feeling of love, and uh, all that. <laughs> that was that was a weak-ass Mickey Rourke there, Will. <laughs> I damn the feeling of togetherness and family and... And then, uh, and all that. <laughs> That's always a good way to end. Uh, you know, the family, love, and whatnot. I feel well, like I was Santa... like Leslie Nielsen singing the Star Spangled <laughs> Bunch of bombs in the air. <laughs> But no, man, like, it's just funny that he has nothing at the end of the movie. Just, I mean, like, it just freeze frames on her. It's it's an awful freeze frame. It's just like, uh, you know, like, if you're going to do a freeze frame, like, have a good one that you can go to. Instead, he's making that face that you guys were talking about earlier. And it's like, ah, man. I like to refer to that Miz face as where he tries to impersonate Alec Baldwin from Beetlejuice. Where he pulls his nose way out and everything because yeah. it's just a Ooh, look. That's the Miz yeah. look. Yeah. Man, that was uh that was intense breaking that down. So uh, did you have what? ratings here? Is yeah, that we got, doing? So, is that, that that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah, this ought to be interesting. Okay. Uh, uh, Jason, Jason, you first, pal. Yeah, Will and I should go first, and then Charlie gets to go because of his curve. <laughs> so, uh. If this is a, you're the one who has the curve. Wait a uh, second. <laughs> so That's you. This movie, on a scale of one to ten, gets a two. Because right. and it had a one, but we just had a lot more fun talking about it. Than I thought we would have. Well, fuck you, man. I had it as a one. I'm not bumping it to a two just because we had a good time getting after it here. I mean, hey, Jesus who, Christ. who was the only one? Who was the one of us that changed their opinion of Fright Night because of me and Charlie? That was you, sir. You set that standard. It can't be done, man. It's are you serious? Cut. You've gone to the archives. You You've went gone to the, to the archives, archives on me. I did. Went to the files. Fuck. All right. All right. All right. Give it a two. Fuck. <laughs> Charlie, what'd you give it? I knew it. Well, this this might come as a shock, but this wasn't even the worst Christmas movie I watched last night. Oh, uh, no. And that might help with the rating. Um, yeah, not to get off topic, but I watched a, a Christmas movie I'd never seen called Mixed Nuts. Uh, oh. Wait. wait, is that Steve Martin? 
Yes. It's an awful it, cover. It I've always hated of, the cover. I it, just want to punch it. You think the cover's bad? You should see what's inside. Uh, <laughs> I va- dude, I vaguely remember this movie. I vaguely remember. I always wanted to see it. it? Uh, Ninety four. It has one of the most amazing casts outside of Anthony Lapaglia um, that, that I've ever seen assembled, and uh, there's not really one laugh in the whole movie. And that I think that movie is is much worse than Santa's Little Helper, uh, mm. especially when you consider it was written by Nora Ephron. So um, having said that. Uh, I only paused this movie twice, so that's good. Like, that's always a good thing. It's like, oh, good, I wasn't that particularly bored. Uh, I'd still think, I still think this is a bad movie. Uh, but strangely enough, not only do I have it rated at a 3 out of 10, but I think it's the best Christmas movie we've watched during this uh, this whole shebang. I, you I, think I, this is better than Santa Slay? Yes, I do. Jesus. Okay, well, let's find a replacement for Charlie. Because <laughs> <laughs> clearly I, I Charlie's lost his mind. He turned my sleigh into a bean burrito. Uh, like it's, uh, of course, Santa with muscles, I think, will always be the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. But um, this movie, it doesn't have anything, like, super offensive. It doesn't, It. I feel like, against all odds, it kind of knows what it is. It knows that it's cheap and stupid, and it's only supposed to exist for two months. Like there's no reason there's no reason anybody should be watching this movie outside of 2015. I don't understand how it made six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that seems high to me. Because everyone bought it the same day, yeah, (laughs) and they didn't allow returns. But why would you rewatch it? Yeah, oh, there's no way I'd ever watch this again. Um, Absolutely not. I would buy it for five bucks and try to sell it for six, just to at least say I made a profit. (laughs) Come on! (laughs) And I'd just walk away, money, money. Oh, no. (laughs) I came to play. Buy this Blu-ray for six dollars, yay. Believe it or not, this actually has a higher rating than the other Miz Christmas movie, so uh, it looks like you might have picked the right one. Um... Yeah, it's uh, it's bad. So two, two, and three sounds good. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Jason, how about you tell everybody about um, main event candles again? Oh yeah. So just like we said, main event candles are our partner here. So use the promo code Best of Luck Spot at checkout to get twenty percent off. Again, that's at www new monday n-u-m-o-n-d-a-y dot com just search for main event candles in the search bar um then you'll pull up generally pulls up the top seller click on it you'll see the blue link bottom that says more for main event it'll give you all the full list and then our twitter contest remember use the hashtag best of luck scent give us a name (laughs) give us what it smells like you want to use the joke go into it Again, keep going until this Saturday before the Royal Rumble. We will randomly pick a winner. Get yourself a candle of your choice and Thunder, which has got the art from Martin Dixon. It's a tr- it's a candle based on the Thunder Rosa, who has had an awesome 2020. It's like one of the few people in the world. Um, make sure to check them out. Uh, main event, excuse me, at Main Event Candle with no S is their Twitter handle. Excellent work, sir. Once again, great read. Great job doing it. And um, everybody, if you always need more, like just follow the hashtags, find it on Twitter. We're good to go. And please submit your own because, I mean, geez louise. I mean, 
You guys submit best of luck spots all the time. Let's take it to the next level. Let's just take it to that next spot. There's an iPhone 4. Well, guess what? Now this is the iPhone 4S. There you go. <laughs> Out of all the... So, yeah, I mean, like, let's have a have a good time. You guys had fun. We, we've done Mayoko's, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. Like, like go ham. And, like, and you can be funny. You can be crude. You can do what you want. There's no limit. And then if you want to do one that's serious, like I said, they... We may take it, and they may get a, you know, a candle that you could be something. You could be a smell in someone's room that helps them get laid. How about that? Well, well that's not a selling point. I don't know what is. Right? <laughs> I mean, because we all know if anybody can use a scented candle, it's a wrestling fan. <laughs> well, I think uh, it's that is a great way to bring it home. Uh, oh, before we close out. Please find us on iTunes. Leave us a review. Five-star review, no matter what. I'll start looking for them. Start reading them on the pods. Put whatever, whatever you fucking want. Read five stars. If you live in another country, because sometimes iCloud, the reviews on Apple Podcasts won't put from like UK or somewhere. If you've left us a review, email us a screenshot. We'll get the email. Um, we haven't used it in a while, so I don't know if Will can rattle it right off, but we'll have it and check our Twitter for it. Just something New Blood Rising Pod at gmail.com. New Blood Rising Pod at gmail.com. Daggum, that's a boy who's never had a chair shot to the head. Um, he can remember it all. So just check that. That's a good way. Just It gets us further up on the iTunes charts and stuff. May, let more people find us. We're going to do, I'm sure we'll do what we can to be a little more active. We're all very busy people. All right. So at some point, and I never, I'm never again going to commit to win because uh, every time I do that, it just blows up my face. At some point, there will be a season five continuation, the season that'll never end. But we're gonna get there eventually. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we may be collecting social security at this point. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it could, it could be that. Um, but that, it will be in the future. Just like James Bond will return return eventually, so will we. Um, hope everyone has a wonderful holiday season. We will be back. You can find us on Twitter at New Blood Pod. We're on Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast. Thanks to everyone who has stuck with us for over five years. So uh, that's significant. Oh, by the way, Jason, I found all the un- under duress. So maybe, oh maybe, my God. Maybe we need to sneak those into the feed. The the episodes that like the the minus ones, minus twos episodes of uh, the New Blood Rising Ooh, podcast. The old know. days where we're recording yeah. on a phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, we'll have some content. But me myself, I am at William Rinkin eighty three. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. And I am at CM underscore Stabs. We'll see you all again in the future. In the meantime, happy holidays, happy New Year. It's got to be better than this this one, right? Thank you for listening to New Blood Rising Podcast. Kick out! Kick out, Cactus! Goodbye, my friend. That's the goodbye. Goodbye, Cactus. Thanks for the great memories, buddy. You're going to be missed, Cactus. Godspeed, McFoley. Goodbye.